Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCAC. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And it's him. Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. And welcome into the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans on this Monday. August 14th, 2017. Pleasure to be talking to you guys. And uh, hopefully you're listening out there, at least on the uh, the iHeart stream and having some uh, terrestrial issues. So they will uh, get in that, the kinks worked out on that, but uh, the show must go, go on. Here's what we have planned for you on the show. Uh, sometime in this hour, hoping to catch up with Amos Morrell of uh, time, the Times Picayune and uh, NOLA.com. Want to get an update from Saints Camp with him. He was out there over the weekend taking in Saints Camp. We'll get the latest from him. Uh, also at 9 o'clock, we're planning to have uh, Michael Papirski, former LSU uh, uh, baseball player, part of that World Series team that just went to Omaha, and now he is in the Astros organization. So we are going to talk with Michael Papirski, catch up with him, after uh, just a couple weeks removed from making that trip to Omaha and uh, coming up just short in the national title game at LSU. Other things on the docket this morning. LSU, they had their second scrimmage over the weekend. Are, are we starting to ask questions about that quarterback position? I'll tell you why that is uh, in just a little bit. Drew Brees, he blows up at Saints practice. We'll tell you what that was all about. Leonard Fournette, he is banged up for the Jaguars, and uh, sounds like it, uh, I don't know how serious it is, but could be out for a little bit with that nagging foot injury. And uh, lastly, a bunch of Florida players were stupid, and they're going to miss the Michigan game, so we'll tell you all about that as we go along. But uh, as we get the show started here, we can't get the show officially started without welcoming in producer Michael. Oh, yes, New Orleans! I listened or I watched uh, some baseball this weekend, and there was a lot of players that used this song. I'm a little pissed off about that. You guys need to back off. This is my walk-in music. Oh, is it bad music? Yeah. Yeah, it's spreading. It's. Is it still number one? I think so. I'll pull up the charts. We have to have a Monday, you know, weekly Billboard check of the charts to see how long this thing stays up at the top. It's on every station, including here. So let's talk. Let's uh, start. It is the, number one still. There you go. Let's start the uh, local sports talk angle. Talking LSU because they just uh, the Saints were look. We're a week removed from them playing their second preseason game. It's absolutely ridiculous how spaced out these games are. But a week from today, we'll be recapping the Saints preseason game against the Chargers. They're going to go this whole week without playing a uh, without playing a game. But uh, they had practice over the weekend. They're going to uh, space it out a little bit. They'll get an off day, and then they'll head out to California. 
have a couple joint practices with the Chargers, and then they'll play the Chargers on Sunday night. I wonder what the weather is out in L.A. You think it's good? Yeah, well, they are in, what, Costa Mesa, I believe. That's where they're practicing. But isn't that, like, right next to L.A.? I don't know. I've never... I'm, all those California cities, I'm sure, are very much alike. I've never been to... Yeah, I bet, I bet the, the weather's nice, the, the women are hot, and it's... There's a, a chance of earthquake. Yeah, potential for earthquake and everything very expensive. Seven dollars for a bottle of water. Uh, yeah, seventy-five basically every day out there. Rough. Now we all know why they spend so much money to live out there. It's just stupid. I had some friends that went to Saints practice on Saturday and nearly died from heat stroke. They said it was just oh god awful. This, so. just, this stretch we are in of heat is just man. August cannot end faster, fast enough. I tell you that it just it needs to be done with. I hate the month of August. I dread the month of August every single year. And everybody's like, oh, you can't complain. You're from down here. and You you feel this heat every year. It's like, no, I can complain all I want. It keeps getting hotter. Ugh. We'll talk a little bit about Saints camp here in just a few minutes, but let's start with LSU. They had their second scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday, and as you guys know, all this is closed to the media, so we're having to go by what Ed Ogeron talks about by what some of the players talk about and what Ed Ogeron's been doing with these scrimmages on you know Saturday nights or Saturday afternoons whenever they're having them is he's treating them like preseason games and having the team you know they're they're going through situation drills and things like that still but he's treating it much like a preseason game and having guys compete for for spots and things like that well it was pretty interesting when on Saturday night Ed Ogeron speaks with the media and they release the stats and we see Ooh, the, the stats from a, a scrimmage. Yay! Well, you know, th- this is all we have to go I on, know. Michael. I just love to make fun of. There's nothing that gets me more than scrimmages and stats. Well, or scrimmages you, and practices that have stats. Do you remember last week's stats? Yes, no, it was, I do. It like Etling was, was. It just it blows my mind that we're that we still do that. It just it's odd. At, but remember, week one, Etling threw for like threw two touchdowns, and his numbers look decent. And the, all the other guys were like one for four, Miles Brennan and all those other guys. Well, we see these numbers from Saturday night, and if you're an LSU fan, you at least start to go, what's going on? Danny Etling, here were his numbers Saturday night. He sucked again? Eight of, no, he didn't suck okay, week one. I'm messing with you. Eight of 18, two interceptions, and then Miles Brennan, four of eight with a touchdown. I don't even know why you put that out there. Again, this is why this is why I don't get stats more than you put these numbers out there for like why freak out fans, you create a, a Twitter chaos. Oh my God, he sucks in practice. He sucks in a scrimmage. So you hear, you see that, and then to go with there have been multiple reports here in the past week that Miles Brennan looks pretty good. That he's starting to impress people. He's got a good arm. The true freshman's coming in and and starting to make an impact early and. Ed Ogeron made it clear to point out, this is from Scott Rabelais, and the, the uh, Baton Rouge advocate, he made a point to 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 single out that Miles Brennan did receive some first-string snaps in, in the scrimmage, but Danny Etling remains the, the LSU starter. So if they're, if they're giving, I mean, because it's easy to just go, oh, well, that makes sense. Etling was going against the starting defense, and Brennan, you know, Brennan came in and looked good against the, the, the second-string defense. But Ogeron's making a point to say, no, Miles Brennan did play first-string snaps. He took first-string snaps against that starting So defense. you're saying we have a quarterback battle, a real true battle, controversy? I'm brewing. saying this. If you ask me right now, week six, who was the starting quarterback for LSU, I would, you know, obviously Edling's the favorite. Yes. But 
I would not be shocked if you told me by week six, Miles Brennan's the starter. If you get to that point, how bad has the season gone? How poorly has the season been overall? I don't think it could be poorly. I mean, it could be a number of things, right? It could be something catastrophic happened, like yeah. Danny Etling broke, you know, tore a knee. Something like that could happen, certainly. But I'm just saying, everything that we're, we continue to hear, you know, is Brennan's looking better and better day by day. And it's just a little bit better than we thought. Look, we knew the kid has a big arm. We knew he was going to be a, you know, that, that he was going to look good at times. But so far, we haven't seen the true freshman slumps uh, so far through spring practice. Now, again, this is going by what we're hearing, what's being told to us, because media can't be in, in on practices as just, of yet. Just to go off your hypothetical there, week six or whatever you said, that puts you at the Florida game, through the Florida game. Yeah, probably, if, if probably, don't want to, probably don't want to be starting Miles Brennan on the road in the swamp. You well, I mean, that that's week six is the Florida game for them. Their their sixth game of the season is the Florida. But if you've gotten to that point of the season and you've gone through a schedule where you play Chattanooga, Mississippi State, Syracuse, Troy, and I think you're making a quarterback change, that's to me a little. I'll say this: we, I, there's I just can't see a scenario where it's going well, other than injury, obviously. Let's say week one against BYU at Link struggles, and you can't and, you can't have a. There's no too short of a trigger, or you know what I mean. Like you can't well, pull the trigger. What I'm too saying fast. is, if Etling comes out and looks like garbage week one against BYU, yeah. week two, I'm giving Miles 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 Brennan the whole second half against Chattanooga to prove himself. And if he looks uh, say, like well, a stud, then week three, I'm considering making a change. That's well, just if if Etling stinks. And again, we're yeah, we're, well, we're, we're we're jumping the gun here, but I'm just I, we're throwing out different scenarios because. Again, everything we've heard about Miles Brennan is he's the real deal, but everybody's expectations are, okay, he's the quarterback of the future. This is Danny Etling's year. I'll tell you this. if And I don't think it's possible. Somehow, some way, they lose week one to BYU and Etling is the quarterback. He should not be playing quarterback against Chattanooga. He should not start the game. Period. Well, I think, I mean, it depends how the game plays out. If, I, that, if Etling yeah, throws I mean, for if 300 yards right. and... They lose a but shootout 35-34, then... I'm just going to assume that that's not going to be the case if they're losing the game. Yeah, this defense, uh, is going to be, this defense is going to be pretty good yeah. with Dave Aranda. So, In all likelihood, your quarterback play stinks if you're losing a game. And then that's the other thing, too, is it's Matt Canada's new... It's a new offense. It's a new system. So, you know, what if Etling does struggle in Week 1? Do you go, okay, well, you got to give the kid time to adapt to the new offense? At some point, though, you do have to think about, okay, you know, it's, why not play our future? Why not get the future plenty of experience now? Though that way, you know, a year or two from now, we could have a monster, which you know would be nice. Some other notes from the scrimmage on Saturday night. Uh, I did hear that Grant Delpit had a pick six. They said he read the route, jumped it. Uh, that's the true freshman safety out of the IMG Academy. A uh, few other. I got a source that said that uh, Ed Ogeron did half of the scrimmage without a shirt on. Probably. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Study is trying to back off the energy drinks, though. Mm. Uh, Darius Geis, 102 yards and a touchdown. One of those was a 60-yard touchdown run that he, ha- that he broke off, so not bad from him. 
Daryl Williams, 76 yards and two touchdowns. Leading receiver DJ Chark, three catches for 52 yards. Derek Dillon, two two catches for 52 yards. Uh, Miles Brennan, by the way, four of eight for 107 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was a 60-yard touchdown pass to Manny Netherly, another one of those young wide receivers that are coming up. So, uh, again, it's a scrimmage. Take take it with a grain of salt, but it is just interesting that Miles Brennan is looking the part and continuing to impress people. Hey, if he wins the job, he wins the job. I'd be pleased with it. I know you would too. I mean, if it, I'm always happy for when a guy just straight up wins the job. If if he is playing quarterback for them, fine. Ogeron did mention that the O-line pass blocking was atrocious the entire scrimmage, which led to making mistakes even in a scrimmage situation. And somebody brought up this point, which is interesting. You know, Miles Brennan has a quick release. Mm-hmm. You know, if the O-line's not pass protecting well, Danny Etling, it takes him a little bit of time to get the wind up and get the ball out of his hands. Miles Brennan's got the quick release, so maybe that's why Brennan's numbers were better because pass rushers come... Pass rush is coming. He's got a guy in his face. He's getting rid of the ball a lot quicker than Edling is. It's a, a very important thing in today's college football. Especially if you're going to go with this new style offense, these are the kind of quarterbacks you have to have. The seven-on-seven seven stuff to get rid of the ball quick, spread it out, chuck it. This is why he's got a good, a real chance to be a good quarterback. For I think It's not just that he has a quick release. He has all the other intangibles, but the quick release is as important as anything. Last thing, I thought this was interesting, coming from our buddy Jacques Doucet, Covers uh, LSU at WFB in Baton Rouge. He says, new LSU offense, very unpredictable. This is according to sources he's spoken to. Says LSU is going to line up and make you think one thing, and then it becomes something completely different. So Matt Canada bringing the trickeration. Uh, A lot of uh, different looks they're going to give you. Fine by me. I assume like DJ Chark is going to go in motion. Uh, why you know a running back will line up and then move maybe move out to the slot? I could see just there's going to be a lot of pre-snap movement, a lot of stuff going on back there. It's going to, to look, make the defense second guess what's going on. It'll look exactly like or exact the exact opposite of a uh, less miles defense or offense in the past. Yes. Wow, that's going to be nice. It's going to be like the new style of football. This is cool. I go back to just what Florida that Florida game last year against LSU. What they did the entire game was they would send a wide receiver in motion who would come behind the quarterback just to be, as he's snapping the ball. Mm-hmm. And for the secondary, somebody at least just had to respect that guy. You had to keep an eye on him because you didn't know. And Florida did give him the ball a couple times on an end around. So you got to respect him moving and what happened. Jamal Adams or whoever for LSU is keeping their eyes on that ro- receiver, taking their eyes off the running back. Suddenly they give the ball to the running back. Boom, a burst up the middle, five, six yards. It's just little things that... Take away that you know that they make your offense a little bit more unpredictable. That's what LSU is going to have this year, and that's something they haven't had in a long time. It feels like real football, finally. Yeah. Welcome to the new age. All right, we're going to take our uh, first break here on uh, Sports Twelve Eighty. When we come back, we got a little bit more LSU stuff. We got to get into. We got to get into Saints training camp from over the weekend. Open to kept catch up with uh, Amos Morrell of NOLA.com. Do not go anywhere. A whole lot more to go here on the Chris Gordy Show. Stay there. This is Chris Gordy. On Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back into the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. We're talking a little bit about LSU before the uh, before the break. 
There's their second scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday. Again, we're just discussing it. Danny Etling, 8 of 18, two interceptions. During the break, we went out in the hallway through the football round. I went 4 for 4 for 14 yards. That's <laughs> pretty good. Miles Brennan in the scrimmage, 4 of 8 for a touchdown. It's a false scrimmage, but just worth mentioning in that, look, we all know Danny Etling is not a world beater. He's serviceable. He's the type of quarterback who will look really good against Ole Miss and be serviceable against Arkansas, and you know he'll beat Mississippi State, but against the Alabamas, and then this year Florida and Auburn, the you know basically your three toughest games, he's going to struggle at times. And so the question is, you know, if Miles Brennan continues to impress and look the part and be everything you thought he was going to be in a real true, you know, uh, true quarterback prospect. You know, does he push Atling for time? Again, when, when are we making our official LSU predictions? For what, record? Everything. We'll do it the week before the, the opener. Am I out of town then? I gotta think. No, I'm not. I'll be able to, <laughs> I'll be here to do it. I know I'm gonna beat you at this. I beat you at the uh, over under game the other day at against the, the the preseason game against the Browns, so I'm gonna beat you on this one too. The over under game? Yeah, when you put out all those over unders. Oh, I, I got it oh, more I'm right sorry. than I you. Could, couldn't hear you over naming Tommy Lee Lewis the leading receiver. Oh well, sorry you got that one. You also told me I'm gonna keep telling you told me Ted Ginn will be a thousand yard receiver. Ha ha ha. Oh I'm sorry, I didn't realize we we had played the week one already. And you didn't see him drop that pass in the end zone? You think he's going to catch more? Oh, preseason. Yeah. Just the preseason, uh-huh. bro. You want to poo-poo on scrimmage stats for LSU, I'll poo-poo on preseason He couldn't stats. catch a six-yard pass. That's preseason. Six yards. Yeah. Wide open. Nobody near him. He'll catch it in the regular season. Good luck. That's why, that's why you work the kinks out. Sure. Uh, LSU, the way their schedule sets up, it's it's the opener against BYU in, in Houston. Then you're home for Chattanooga. That's your, that's your home opener. That's your stat game. That's your... That's your game to get Darius Geis 100 yards in the first quarter and then bench him. Uh, then you're at Mississippi State, who, by all counts, has the best quarterback in the conference this year, Nick Fitzgerald. He is really good. Nice dual threat, you know, runner, decent passer. Um, but Mississippi State doesn't have much of anything else. So it, it almost feels like if you get into a shootout with Mississippi State, you should win that one. And then the week after that, you're home for Syracuse, you're home for Troy, and then it gets real after that. So really, yeah, it, it I mean, starts that whole uh, SEC, it means more. Those five, first five games are really, I think, you know, let's be honest, LSU should be 5-0 after that stretch. Yes, they so, absolutely should. The question becomes, again, if Etling struggles at all in that stretch, and like I said, Chattanooga, Chattanooga I think you give Miles Brennan... At least, you know, I'd give him the whole second half. Let him get as much experience as possible. I think the same thing could happen for for Syracuse and Troy. Now, Syracuse is a yeah, little Sir- bit tougher uh, opponent, but, you know, they? if it's 24-7 at halftime, I'd feel pretty comfortable going to Brendan for the second half. I don't know about that kind of lead. I mean, you got you got to be up at least 30. To, go, to go to Brennan? Yeah, I mean, I think if he hadn't played much at this point, then yeah, you have to have a huge lead to go to. But him at that point, game. at that point, you've already given twenty four to seven and a half. You want to make a quarterback? In my change. in my scenario, you've already given him a half against Chattanooga. That's true, but I just I don't think it's likely that you'd be up twenty four seven and a half and make a change when it's still. That's a very losable game still. The, when, uh, when it comes to score, 
The offense, like we've mentioned, we're expecting different things from Matt Canada taking over and, and running this this new offense. But one of the storylines, uh, this is a story, I think, uh, by, who is this? It's either Dellinger or, or I think this is Rabelais. Mm-hmm. One of them. Whatever. Um, one of those people that writes things, types <laughs> things into a computer. Well, I try to at least credit the no, correct people. No, this is actually from uh, NOLA.com. Says uh, three wide receivers have moved ahead of the rest. DJ Chark, who we know is the number one receiver, Russell Gage and Derek Dillon are the two other other ones. Ed Ogeron says, "quote They are separating themselves as far as consistency." Uh, Chark is no surprise. He had 26 catches, the most among any returning wideout last year, and he has clear rapport with fifth-year senior Danny Etling after their rise up the depth chart together. Tigers otherwise have no wideouts with more than one season of college experience. Gage, he's a senior in his second year as a wide receiver, but he played defensive back in his first two years at LSU. He ended last year with just five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. If you remember when Les Miles was fired and Ed Ogeron took over and Steve Ensminger was was helping call plays and, and all this, they started to make make some personnel changes. And one of the one of the changes I remember early on was Russell Gage playing a lot of wide receiver. Now he didn't catch a lot of balls, but he was out there. And I, I remember some people saying, wow, like Ed Ogeron is literally they're opening it up. They're saying, hey, we're gonna play the best guys. If there's somebody low in the depth chart who is outperforming people at practice, we're gonna play him. And that's what happened with Russell Gage. He suddenly climbed up the depth chart and everybody's going, why is Russell Gage playing? Well he was performing well at practice, and he blocked well in the run game for guys like Geis and, and uh, Fournette last year. And again, um, we just need to see it in the passing game, though, because him just having five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown last year, it's not enough to prove that you're a number no. two wide receiver in the SEC. Not at all. In well, this new offense, though, especially, like it's it's worrisome, but if it, they're going to be throwing the ball more and it's going to be more spread out, you would expect that. I think it's hard. I shouldn't say it's hard, but... In these offenses that spread it out and sling it around, if you're on the field, you're going to get some balls thrown to you, and they're going to be catchable, and you're going to pick up yards. I, I don't know. I just I don't worry about players in college football being. Now you worry about drops and whatnot, but right. if you if you're out there, you're going to get stats. Uh, Derek Dillon, he is a sophomore who played mostly special teams in his eight games last year. When asked what Dillon has done to be included in that group, Ed Ogeron mentioned quote consistency, catching the football, and route run. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. LSU has another two weeks to get their receivers fully prepared for an offense that will include various free pre-snap shifts and motions under first-year coordinator Matt Canada. Just a, other, a few other notes from the scrimmage over the weekend. 
on the O-line. They, uh, K.J. Malone was out there, Garrett Brumfield, Lloyd Cushenberry at center, Ed Ingram at right guard, and Toby Weathersby at right tackle. So starting to get some guys healthier there along the line. And on defense, Rashard Lawrence led the way in tackles on the defensive line. He had six tackles and a tackle for a loss. Glenn Logan had four tackles, two tackles for a loss, a sack, and a quarterback hurry. And then uh, Greg Gilmore and Kedleva and Chason each had a sack. Chason is going to have a monster year. I'm just calling it right now. Behind Arden Key, I think Chason's going to be second on the team in sacks. He's just everything we're hearing about him is incredible. And great get for LSU when it came down to it between Texas and LSU. He picked LSU. Anytime you can beat Texas out, especially if they took Tom Herman. And then, it's oh, by the way, to do that. Grant, Delpit, Grant Delpit returned that uh, interception for a touchdown. Pick six for the true freshman safety out of Ooh. IMG. All right, let's do the this. IMG Acad- I love the IMG Academy. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little LSU baseball with Michael Papirski, a guy who was a member of that LSU baseball team that went to the College World Series in Omaha. And now he is most recently a draft pick of the Houston Astros and coming up through there minor league organization. Do not go anywhere. Uh, Coming up next, Michael Papirski right here on the Chris Gordy Show. We bleed purple, green, blue, black, and gold. Sports 1280, New Orleans. And welcome back into the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Pleasure now to be joined by this guy. You know him from the run to the World Series with the LSU baseball team this season, an incredible career at LSU, and now he's in the uh, in the pros, climbing up through the minor <laughs> leagues and make, making his climb, Michael Papirski. Pap, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much, not too much. How are you? Hey, man, so uh, what a whirlwind this has been for you. Uh, it, it, we'll get into the, the season at LSU and all that, but how quickly does it go from you're in Omaha with LSU, you guys are going on this amazing run to – you get drafted by the Astros, and suddenly you're off to to uh, minor league ball. How quickly does that transition happen? Uh, went so quick. You know, uh, we were in Omaha. You know, I was rooming with Dykeman, and then you know, in a blink of an eye, I was in Troy, New York. <laughs> a little different scenery. Um, you know, you're playing in front of thirty thousand fans, and then you come up here, and you know, you're playing in front of you know three or four thousand fans. But um, you know, it's a grind and. You know, I've really enjoyed my time here in Troy, New York, and playing for the Astros. So you were what from Illinois originally, right? And 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 decided to go, decide to go to LSU. What what sold you on uh, on going to LSU? I mean, once you once you step in that stadium and you know talk to the coaches and you know just you know go to your first game at the at the box, it's it's uh, you know it's not a hard decision to make. Um, you know, the coaches over there uh, helped me prepare, you know, for, for this level. And hopefully, you know, as I continue to, you know, grow, that um, they've helped me so much. Uh, I can't thank them enough. You know, Coach Maneri giving me a chance and, you know, giving me a scholarship to LSU um, is a great opportunity. As the season was going along and everybody talked about that, that's that struggle around midseason where you guys were, you know, losing a couple SEC series, I think, uh, with the loss in, in Kentucky. And then you guys kind of turned it around from there and started to run off a bunch of wins. And suddenly you're on this amazing postseason run. I mean, as it's going on, do you guys start to look around and go, hey, we're, we're, we're still fully confident in one another. And we feel like we're, we feel like we're going to Omaha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was no doubt in our minds that we were going to go to Omaha. 
Um, but, you know, Coach Maneri talks about, you know, taking it one game at a time. And, you know, that's, that's what we did. You know, once we, uh, that Alabama series, um, you know, we knew we had to sweep. But we took it one game at a time. And, you know, we played really well that series. And, you know, we just took off from there. So talk about when you guys got to Omaha. I mean, it literally felt like, I don't want to say David versus Goliath, but, I mean, Oregon State, I mean, come on, everybody was saying how how dominant this team had been. Their pitching had been dominant all year. Their offense had been on fire. And you guys to erupt like you did, and, and especially you being a big part of that, hitting that three-run homer against Oregon State, uh, what, what an accomplishment to just to not just to get to Omaha, but to take down that team had to be awesome. It was, it was, it was an incredible experience. Like I said, um, you know, they, they're a great team. You know, you can't take that away from them. They played really well. They, you know, we actually just faced, uh, Jake Thompson, um, yesterday or two days ago, um, which is kind of cool, you know, said <laughs> what's up and, uh, you know, it's cool to see them. Um, but no, you know, it was, it was incredible. Um, you know, people put good swings on baseballs and, you know, our pitchers went out and dominated. You know, I remember Caleb Gilbert going six innings, seven innings. And, you know, that's, you know, you couldn't ask for any more. <laughs> did you ever get to see your dad's cell phone video? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Michael Papirski, of course, uh, former of LSU baseball and now part of the uh, the Astros organization. So you get the phone call that the, uh, the Astros have, have drafted you. How, how quickly did Alex Bregman hit your phone up? <laughs> a couple hours, you know. He, he FaceTimed me, and, you know, we had a pretty good conversation. And then, uh, you know, um, it was pretty cool, uh, you know, to be back in the same organization. as one of my best friends. Um, you know, I'll see him in a few weeks. Um, and, you know, uh, just, just glad to be part of the Astros. How close were you guys uh, when you first got to LSU? Oh, I didn't know him at all. Uh, I stepped on campus, and, you know, we hit a few times, and, you know, we just, you know, everything went well. And <laughs> after that, it was history. You know, he's a good dude, and, I, you know, I love him. So you get drafted by the Astros. I assume, you you know, your agent or whoever has a conversation with Jeff Luneau and all that. But what what are they uh, the steps that they take from there? I mean, they say, okay, well, we're going to send you to, what, low A ball or, or wherever they're going to send yep, you. Yep, yep, short short season okay um that's where i'm at right now um you know i've met a lot of cool you know new guys and um a lot of good friends on this team and you know hopefully we you know go up in the rankings together and you know uh help this organization win how crazy is it i mean you you're just you suddenly you're on a plane to new york with a bunch of people you don't know (laughs) it's like you have to you have to make friends with these guys pretty fast right yeah yeah um (laughs) But, you know, everyone's, you know, chasing the same dream, same goal. So usually, you know, your, you know, attitude and stuff like that are pretty similar. So it's not too hard to make friends. Did you guys have uh, Dallas Keuchel make a rehab start with you last week? We did. We <laughs> did. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, he's a good guy. You know, he took care of us. And uh, it was pretty cool to meet him and, you know, to catch him. It was an unbelievable experience. That's crazy because, I mean, a lot of times those guys, they'll go make a triple-A start or a two-A start. Right. Very, very rarely do you have a guy come all the way down to, to single-A, but uh, pretty cool <laughs> stuff there. Talking with, uh, very cool. Talking with Michael Papirski. So um, I, I guess the, the rest of your season, I mean, this season will, you know, you, you get a little taste of it, but when this season ends, where will you go? Back home. I'll go back home. Uh, you know, 
hopefully uh, I'll work out with Bregman. Uh, you know, we talked about hanging out this off season a lot, and, you know, I'll spend my off season with him, and then, um, you know, we'll go back to LSU a few times for football games. And, you know, after that, we'll head to Florida for spring training and, you know, start the grind. Here in New Orleans, we, we keep a, a keen eye on the Astros. I mean, obviously, it's only a five-hour drive west to Houston. But, you know, looking at that team and, and how Jeff Leno has built that organization and, and for them to have the best record in the American League like they have now, I mean, they've, they've built up uh, through the farm system. But this year, they they spent it for agency and brought in some guys. And obviously, they have, you know, two vets in Brian McCann and, uh, and Evan Gaddis up there at the big league level. But as far as, like, Behind that, they don't have a whole lot of you know high-level catchers through their system. And I say all that to say, I mean, you're a guy who could probably climb up through the system pretty quickly as a as a as a high-level catching prospect. Uh, you know, um, I just like to focus on uh, you know my game and you know just worry about myself. You know, you can't worry about any of that stuff, and you know that's not my decision. Um, you know, I'm just gonna keep working hard. You know, keep helping. You know, the Tri City Valley Cats win baseball games. Well, I said and, it, I said know, it for you. I know you're being modest. I said it for you. I think you I think you have a bright future, here, Mike. But no, I mean, well, I appreciate but, it. I appreciate it. What most people are don't really get the grasp of is, is just how quickly, like you said, you go from the the center stage on SEC Network on ESPN, these big games at Omaha, thousands and thousands of fans to how quickly you go to minor league life. But in that aspect, you do get to focus on your game a little bit more, right? You get to work on things on a night in night out basis. Right, right. Um, you know, you get to you get to, you know, kind of worry about yourself. Um, you know, it's not as stressful, the games. Um, and, you know, you get to work on, you know, if you're working on, you know, changing your swing, you get to work on that in that game because, you know, it's not – it doesn't matter as much. But, you know, you still want to win ball games. Um, that's – you know, it, it's definitely better winning than losing. And, you know, we've, we've, been, we've won on a pretty good run here lately and, you know, hopefully we make the playoffs and – you know, go from there. What's been the biggest adjustment for you, I guess, facing the pitching there? Is it just that guys have way more pitches now, secondary and third pitches? Uh, you know, the SEC is pretty uh, pretty similar. Um, but, you know, the biggest change is, you know, playing every day and just, you know, staying on, you know, that grind. And like I always say, you know, staying on that grind, you know, the grind is – it's crazy, you know. You you know we're leaving tonight, you know, for a six and a half hour bus ride, and then we play tomorrow. Um, you know, you play every day, and you know the best thing about it is you play. You know, you have a game tomorrow, so um, you know. In in college, you don't you don't play every day, so you know you you have a few few days off, but you know here you don't. You know we don't have another off day till the end of the season. Yeah, you guys had the weekend series, then you get off a couple days, you get a midweek game. Right. I mean, it's a whole it's like vacation in college compared to the to the pro level. Talk with uh, Michael Papirski. So what what specifically do you need to work on? Uh, obviously only a couple weeks left where you are, but uh, what are the things you're trying to work on for the rest of the season and things that you're going to focus on for your game for the off season? Uh definitely, you know, getting stronger and uh you know, obviously, you know, always working on your swing. Um, you know, having two swings, uh, you know, it's definitely harder to maintain two swings. Um, you know, it's harder enough to maintain one. So, you know, you got to put in a lot of work. Um, and then, you know, talking with Bregman and, you know, whoever else I can talk to, uh, it's going to be awesome, you know, to be, you know, pretty good, pretty close to a big leaguer. Uh, it's pretty cool.
So being a switch hitter, like you go to the cages, like do you try to take 50-50 reps? I mean, how do you split it up uh, taking swinging for both sides? I mean, it depends. It depends on, you know, which day, uh, you know, what pitcher's throwing or, you know, if my lefty swing's feeling good, I'm going to work on my righty swing or, you know, vice versa. So, you know, just, just feeling it out for that day and, you know, going from there. You're always a really good defensive catcher. How uh, how's the adjustment been to to that level? Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's difficult at first. You know, catching the guys for the first time, uh, you got to get comfortable with them again. And you know, once I did, um, you know, I've been doing pretty well, and they've been throwing really well. Well, Bregman says you are a uh, you're a big kid. You're still growing into your body, but you said he said you were an absolute steal for the Astros organization. So uh, I'll take I'll take Alex's word for it any day. Mike, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for jumping on with us, and uh, best of luck to you. I know we'll uh, be catching up with you down the road. Thank you, thank you. Sounds good. All right, thanks, thanks a lot. Me. He is Michael Papierski right. of uh, former LSU baseball player. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. All right, welcome back in the Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280. Appreciate Michael Papierski for joining us there. In case you're listening on the stream this morning, I think we're having some terrestrial issues as far as the 1280 signal goes, so uh, continue to monitor that and update you on that, but... Uh, so I guess the only way you are listening this morning is mm-hmm. if you're listening on the stream. So appreciate you doing that. Send us a tweet. Let us know you're there. Yeah. Um, so I just saw this. I guess this came down 30 minutes ago. I we were getting ready to interview Papirski, but Lindsey Scott, the backup, one of the backup quarterbacks at LSU, was a freshman last year. He took to Twitter to announce this. Here's his statement. When I signed with LSU on February 3rd, 2016, it was the perfect next step to an amazing high school career. The possibility of competing here at home in one of the best conferences in the nation for one of the best teams in the nation was a dream come true. The dream of bringing home a national championship jumped uh, to the forefront of my thoughts. In the last 12 months, I have learned so much and formed so many lifelong bonds. It's been an honor to wear the purple and gold. I have, however, decided that it is within my best interest to leave LSU and begin a new journey. I want to thank Coach Miles, Coach Cameron, Coach Ogeron, Coach Canada, as well as every member of the Tiger staff. I will mostly miss my teammates, who I know will do great things in 2017 and beyond. This will always be my home. Why in the hell would you transfer on August 14th? You were two weeks from the opener. Something's happened. Yeah, something happened. He got his ass beat out by Miles Brennan for the backup quarterback spot. But, dude, like... You should have seen this coming. LSU signed Miles Brennan in okay, February. It, go, it goes back to the same thing we talk about all the time: is that the, these kids, like, I understand that they're big programs. You want to go to the big programs. You want to do well. But like, if if there's there's nothing wrong with going to other schools where you know you're going to play, uh, go go to the smaller school that is going to take you from day one and let you let you play, or you have a, a real path to playing. You don't have to go to LSU and all, and it's nothing against LSU and Alabama and Texas and Florida and you know Ohio State and all these. It's great that, but there's so many. You, can you imagine how many talents? Like think of Cardell Jones. He was a third string quarterback. He if if health stayed where it was supposed to be for Ohio State, he would have never touched the field. Probably not because JT Barrett is still there and he's starting this yeah, he's year. Forty six. <clears throat> but it just I don't. Somebody needs to like start. St- 
slapping kids, and I don't actually slap kids, but tell these kids, like, hey, it's okay to go to different schools if there's a log jam of talent. Because this school recruits, because it's one of the best in the nation, the best players at your position and has multiple of them. He becomes LSU's 11th transfer of the offseason. Uh, now joins Brandon Scott, another co- or Brandon Harris, another quarterback, Savion Smith, the five-star DB, Isaiah Washington on the D-line, Jazz Ferguson, Jazz Ferguson, the wide receiver, Trevante Valentine, the D-lineman, and then uh, all all his O-linemen, Andy Dodd, Chidi Okiki, Willie Allen, Maya Huma, Seth Stewart. Um, it just, again, it just the timing just doesn't make sense. Like, dude, you knew LSU signed two quarterbacks in this class. Miles Brennan and uh, Lowell Narcisse. Narcisse has, had been injured, so he's working his way back from that. And yeah, both those guys figure to be the two quarterbacks of the future. But look, I mean, what changed? Like, was it that you thought, okay, I can I can compete for the starting job this season? Like, you weren't going to beat out Danny Etling. And then you knew Miles Brennan was coming in, this highly touted freshman who was going to come in and and try to stake claim to the backup quarterback spot. So, again, I just don't – like, dude, if you wanted to leave, you should have left months ago. Leaving two weeks before the season, like, where are you going to go? Well, I mean, he's even not going to place. You're out of the way. Even so. if you – well, yeah, I mean, like, I guess – Last chance you? Yeah, I mean, that show's if you want to play – yeah, it is. I just started season two, by the way. Oh, man. I never finished season one. I got tired of it. It was good. Season one was good. Season two was weird. Season two is weird because they got so many like big time kids in the program now. Like it's the quarterback is the guy Deandre. Netflix pumped them up even further. DeAndre Francois, I think, the Florida State quarterback yeah. that got dismissed. Francois, yeah. Uh or was it DeAndre Johnson? I don't know. I, I think, think Francois is the current quarterback. Fred Johnson is the whatever. They've got him. They've got like a D lineman from Georgia. They've got another one from Penn State, and like every one of these kids, it was like dismissed for weed, dismissed for armed robbery, dismissed for this. They got a linebacker on that team from Texas Tech that had an interception in the bowl game against LSU. I think he uh, he got arrested for like stealing something, hmm. and now this is where he is. But it's weird because. On the field, it's, it means at last a linebacker chance, at Texas Tech, so that he wasn't part of anything good. On the field, at, at last chance, you though, like they stand out as like the best athletes on the field. Yeah, like it's still, ridiculous. They still beating fools down like eighty to two. Yeah, it's well, the first game. So the end of season one. I don't know if you saw this. I saw the end. Of it. They, they had the benches clear. It, but, they had the benches yeah. clearing. Well, they got suspended two games. One of those games was their playoff game. The next game was the first game of the next season. So they had to play the first. Like the first game of of this new season with twenty nine guys because anybody who was on the team the year wow. prior couldn't play twenty nine guys yeah so they have they, it was basically all I bet they were a little tired it was basically all like true freshmen playing on the O line and exhausted true freshmen basically yeah That's you need great. to watch you yeah, need I'll, to watch it though all right now I'll watch it's pretty I'll good. watch now I'm only one episode into the new season last chance you on Netflix but anyway the big news of, of the morning here uh, just in the past hour Lindsey Scott Jr the uh, quarterback out of Zachary High just outside Baton Rouge he is announced he is transferring from the LSU program so LSU down another uh member of their team just crazy how quickly these guys are just all leaving again you have a new head coach you expect some attrition but um LSU losing its 11th player of this offseason in two quarterbacks, Brandon Scott or Brandon Harris. I don't know why I keep saying Brandon Scott. Brandon Harris and Lindsey Scott both gone. Yeah, Brandon Harris is in a loss. It's okay. Yeah. We, we're, we're all fine with that one. 
Oh, by the way, they had, I don't know if you heard that audio, but they were asking him about uh, um, about Les Miles and and, L- and LSU. And yeah, so, he said he'd play for him again, or he'd do it again. Yeah, he said he, he'd play for Les Miles again. But somebody asked him, you know, did, was it a scheme? Did things just not work out at LSU? And he just said something like, "I loved my time at LSU." It was like a very generic, like, "Look, Ed Ogeron and his guys, they took over." Like. Dude, you stink. Like, you're not playing here anymore. Yeah. We're going with Danny Etling, and he's not even great, but he's better than what you were doing out there, crap in the bed. Well, he'll enjoy North Carolina. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I wish him the best. By the way, the last thing I want to get this in, Manny Miles, speaking of North Carolina, he's playing in North Carolina, tweeted out this morning song lyrics. We know who we are. Yeah, we know what we may be. So maybe I'm the one, or maybe I'm crazy. It's song lyrics to what something, song? obviously. I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Repeat it. Real we'll quick. Google. It. We're about to get out here. Oh, dang it. But Les Miles, Les Miles responded on Twitter. What? With, with two question marks. <laughs> Go look it up, Les. Listen way to, to song. way to be dad on Twitter, Les Miles. Hey, keep doing it. Les. So great. So good. So good. All right. A quick timeout. We come back uh, top of the hour here on the Chris Gordy Show. Do not go anywhere. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.